0: Hello and welcome to P4A's Let's Talk Rare, a monthly podcast from Partners for Access.
1: Bringing you the most important news, trends and discoveries in the world of orphan drugs and cell and gene therapy.
0: Join me, Georgie Rack.
1: And me, Owen Bryant.
0: To analyse these developments and what they mean to you. Welcome to the show. I'm Georgie Rack.
1: And I'm Owen Bryant.
0: Today we've got a really exciting show lined up for you. Our guest today is Eola Forster. She's Head of Healthcare and Publications and Portfolio at Carga Healthcare based in Switzerland. With over 15 years of experience in the publishing industry and fostering partnerships since 2019 between the life sciences, healthcare clients and carga. Eola brings a wealth of knowledge to the table. It's a pleasure to meet you today. Thank you very much. Thanks for
2: having me. Wonderful. And if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, Eola, it would be great. Yeah, I began my career and journey at Kaga Publishers in 2008 as an account manager in customer service, mainly managing subscriptions and access. But I was able to expand my skills as well as responsibilities, moving over time into the role of a business development manager, managing Kaga's online collections and packages. Additionally, I took on the responsibility of shaping our products and services for our industry clients which eventually led to my previous role, where I was responsible for developing, communicating and managing Kaga's portfolio of products and services for industry and society stakeholders. And as you mentioned in the introduction, currently, I proudly hold the position of head of healthcare publications and portfolio. My day-to-day responsibilities involve overseeing the development of a diverse range of healthcare and patient publications. This includes project management for instance but also really driving innovative product development to ensure our publications the products and the services we are offering are at the forefront of the industry. Our goal is really to understand the requirements of our clients in the healthcare sector whether they are healthcare professionals and patients or companies in the pharmaceutical biotech and medtech industry. We specialize in developing tailored solutions for worldwide publishing initiatives as well as omnichannel and omniformat strategies to engage with various healthcare communities, assisting them in simplifying complex scientific information to make it more accessible and understandable.
1: It sounds like you've been on a, on a real journey at Cargo. Obviously, 15 years is, is a long time in anyone's language. Things must have changed so much in that time.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot has changed, right, in the publishing area, but also everywhere, right? If I look back 15 years ago, we've been mainly looking into subscriptions, research publications, and making them accessible to the external world. And the whole shift into open access, for instance, but also the relevance to healthcare practitioners, bridging the gap between research and and clinical practice, and then going beyond that into make content and information available to patients and caregivers real shift over the past 15 years
1: sounds absolutely fascinating and what we always like to do at let's talk rare is just to start with a little bit of an introduction which you've given us beautifully but what i'd also like to do is just to ask you some of our quick fire questions just to give our listeners a flavor of you and your preferences and what you like to do so if that's okay iola we can just go through a quick few questions now are you ready
2: yeah sure
0: oh,
1: the, the, is on is the, on the pressure is on <laughs> okay right we always start with the first question which is do you like the town or the countryside the countryside okay would you prefer a night out or an evening in an evening in okay i'm interested in this one do you like the hot weather or the cold weather
2: definitely the hot weather
1: okay <laughs> would you prefer someone to be funny or attractive Funny. <laughs> now, this is what I found quite difficult to answer. Would you rather live in 1969 or 2069?
2: Oh, that's a very difficult question. I think 2069.
1: Okay, right. Okay. I won't ask you why, because that could go into a big, <laughs> big discussion. <laughs> just, a, just a few others Apple or Android? Android. And you prefer to load the dishwasher? Or empty it.
2: <laughs> empty it, if I have to do oh,
1: that. Oh, 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 that's, that's <laughs> a loaded said answer. Neither. No no <laughs> and finally, with your publishing background, I'd like to ask you do you prefer audiobooks or ebooks? Well,
2: a very good question. I have to say both, because it depends on circumstances and the time of the day.
1: I think they've been superb answers. Some of our best either or answers yet. So thank you very much for <laughs> indulging us. That was wonderful. You. It's a shame we can't keep on talking about those, but we've got some amazing things to discuss with our guests. So Georgie, over to you.
0: Thank you so much, Irene. Thank you, Eola, for as I said, for indulging us. So I really enjoyed that first segment and it gives a real flavour of who you are. So let's go into the podcast. One of our first questions we got for you, you know, is, how would you view the future of HCP patient and patient engagement? And just for our audience, HCP is healthcare practitioners. That's what that stands for.
2: So you may hear that a little bit throughout this podcast. I see the future of HCP and patient engagement as a dynamic and evolving landscape driven by advancements in technology and patients uh, increasing empowerment and information access. Patients today are highly connected and informed, seeking health information from various sources. And I think HCPs need to recognize that and adapt to this changing landscape. I think in this evolving landscape, we can also see or expect a shift towards a more collaborative model of care where decisions are made jointly between HCPs and patients. Digital tools, telehealth and personalized medicine are also likely to play increasingly significant roles in fostering this engagement. These tools will empower patients to actively participate in their healthcare decisions and, yeah, contributing to better treatment outcomes in the end. I think, however, it's also crucial to ensure that all patients, regardless of their digital literacy or access to knowledge, can benefit from these innovations, right? Equity in healthcare access should be a priority and efforts should be made to reach and engage patients with diverse needs and preferences. Yeah, in conclusion, I believe the future of HCP and patient engagement will be characterized by collaboration, technology-driven solutions, and a patient-centric approach. HCPs who adapt to these changes and prioritize equitable access to care will be better positioned to deliver improved healthcare outcomes. And patient satisfaction in this evolving landscape?
1: Great answer. You know, that was the future. And I think that some of those things sound really exciting, certainly for the patient empowerment yeah. that we find really important at Partners for Access too. But about today's patient, what are the key things that HCPs need to know about a patient today? This is what other people sometimes refer to as the omni-channel environment.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say HCPs should recognize that today's patients are highly connected and seek health information from various resources online and offline. They may arrive at appointments armed with a wealth of information, which can be both, <laughs> and asset I said, and a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. And it's crucial for HCPs to acknowledge that and to discuss this information, validating the patient's efforts in seeking that knowledge while also offering context And guidance for accuracy. And it's also important to note that the patient's preferences when it comes to information and content consumption vary depending on various factors such as their uh, specific condition or their geographic location. Even the patient advocacy groups they follow, for instance, right? So, delivering information and content in various formats that cater to different learning and consumption preferences is crucial because this can help people consume and retain the information more effectively, which yeah, can ultimately lead to a comprehensive understanding of the subject matter. And I think it's also essential to consider that patient characteristics can change, as can their preferences based on the time of day and their circumstances. In addition to the format, you need to consider the language and terminology you use to convey the information and ensuring that those Complex medical terms are translated into plain, understandable and digestible language that patients in the end can easily comprehend because this not only improves knowledge transfer, but enhances patient outcomes and empowers those individuals to make informed decisions about their health. That's something we all have in common, right? We want to help patients get the right information and improve their condition. Exactly. And as we all know, patients really are the experts
0: in their own conditions. Like you say, there are so many resources online now where, you know, a lot of misinformation is out there as well for them. So they're being flooded with all of this information and going to their HCP. And like you say, you want them to be engaging and offer them the correct information, but you also... You want those HEPs to be encouraging them to source the information and and to learn and to really empower themselves, you know, to be informed of their own healthcare and make informed choices moving forward. So like you say, sometimes I suppose it can be a little bit of a hindrance if they do come in with a lot of knowledge that maybe is not so accurate and kind of telling the HCP, you know, what's wrong with it, uh, you know, yeah. what it is, rather than actually listening on the other side. But Well, that
1: must happen a lot, yeah, right? I bet it does. I mean, it must be that sometimes patients get the wrong end of the sick. Sometimes the HCP isn't willing to have that conversation with the patient about different routes of therapy. And I imagine from an HCP side, it can both be a blessing and a curse.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And again, like you say, really. depends what country you're in. If you're in an underdeveloped country, again, you know, it's the resources and the financial situation of these patients to actually be able to find these sources. You know, a lot of it's on tablets now, on mobile phones, or like you say, on the internet. Do they even have the skills to use those apps, to even be able to utilise digital tools? So again, it's a whole comprehensive training, I suppose, all around that to really ensure the patient is really
1: confident and supported throughout their journey. Georgie, so, talking about that digitization, I mean, Eola, how has digitization improved patient outreach? I mean, has it?
2: It has. In my perspective, in today's rapidly evolving healthcare landscape, digitization has introduced a fundamental shift in patient centered communication. By making a wealth of health information easily accessible to patients, empowering them to understand their health conditions and explore treatment options. And I think this digital transformation has also given healthcare providers the ability to refer patients to trusted online resources, ensuring that the information, the access is both accurate and evidence-based. This is what it is about, right? However, I think it's also important to understand that the impact of digitization goes beyond the patient and physician relationship, right? So from a perspective of a medical and scientific publisher, as well as content creator, I think digitization has become a cornerstone of patient engagement strategies. It has enabled the creation and distribution of multimedia health education content that addresses different learning styles and preferences, which more effectively engages patients and improves their understanding of health-related topics. Digitization has also enabled personalized communication between healthcare providers and patients through tools like electronic health records and patient portals and enhancing the engagement and treatment adherence. Additionally, of course, the wealth of data-driven insights in the digital realm allows healthcare professionals to identify trends, predict diseases, and create personalized interventions, thereby improving patient care effectiveness. Right. So, in summary, I think the advent of digitization has led to a revolution in patient-centered communication and healthcare delivery. It empowers patients, it equips healthcare professionals, and benefits content creators. Likewise, it's ultimately leading to greater convenience, engagement, and in the end, better health outcomes.
0: So, just thinking about it from a selling gene therapy or an orphan drug
2: perspective, what impact has digitalization had on the orphan drug and selling gene therapy world? Well, I think within the realm of orphan drug cell and gene therapies, digitization has been a transformative force. I believe it has fundamentally reshaped the patient outreach and the landscape of these specialized treatments. This is particularly significant given the unique challenges presented by rare and complex conditions where awareness among both HCPs and patients can be limited. We've recently been working on a project to address Waldenström's macroglobulinemia it's a very difficult that's word, a, I'm sorry. That's uh, a mouthful,
0: absolutely. Glad <laughs> you said that. <laughs> yeah,
2: let's try it with WM, which is the abbreviation. It's a rare blood cancer. And in this endeavor, we encountered the common challenge of how low awareness among HCPs and patients regarding the diagnosis, management and treatment of this disease is. And to address this, we have initiated the creation of a comprehensive suite of medical information resources aimed at raising awareness and educating HCPs patients and caregivers alike about WM. Crucially, what we recognized was the importance of patient involvement in the development of these resources, right? The era of patient centricity has evolved into one where I would say patients actively participate as educators and their input integrated from the outset of content creation helps us better understand the diverse patient learning styles and ensures the psychosocial aspects of health are considered by incorporating the voices of those with lived experiences. We promote patient-centered care. So while exploring various educational methods like infographics, for instance, we realized that, uh, again, an omni-format approach would yield the best learning outcomes. And as I said, omni-format approach combines the different media types, such as video, podcasts, infographics, but also in-depth medical booklets. And the objective usually is to cater to a wide range of learning styles, making information accessible and engaging for all. And these resources are developed in collaboration with patient advocacy groups and the The WM case, it was the IWMF and the WMUK, not only aid in deepening a patient's understanding of their condition, but also broaden the reach to a more diverse and engaged audience. And the distribution of these resources, whether at patient events or through digital channels like newsletters and online learning hubs, has not only disseminated knowledge, but also made patients feel heard and valued. So in summary, going back to your question, I would say digitization's impact on the orphan drug and cell and gene therapy world has introduced an era of enhanced patient empowerment and personalized care. The WMK serves as a testament, if you will, to how digitization has democratized access to critical health information, again, fostering awareness, understanding and engagement among patients and HCPs alike. And this transformation not only promises improved treatment outcomes, but also, in my point of view, illuminates a brighter future for individuals grappling with rare and complex conditions.
1: That's fantastic. I love that, that it's democratised access. I and mean, it's a beautiful notion and it's really beautifully said, actually. I think it's exactly what it does. I'd just like to ask you a little bit, because I'm really fascinated about design and creating design and why you create things in a particular way. Can you tell us a little bit about how you create some of these infographics and what goes into them? Do you have patients that help you along the way when you're designing these?
2: Yeah, so depending on the needs and requirements, depending on the topic that we are targeting, if you will, what we try, of course, is always incorporate the patient voice. So sometimes we work with patient advocacy groups or patient advisory boards, really understanding the needs in terms of content consumption, what topics to address, how to translate that and how to transform that into an infographic. Like an infographic is usually a one-page visual summary for certain disease or a certain treatment. So this is really as often as we can, we try to understand what it is about, really bring it to the point. So it's easy to understand for patients and caregivers alike and digestible in the end.
1: We use them a lot in our business, you know, when we're expressing information to clients, we're explaining things to our clients. It's not just patients that they get a huge benefit from infographics. I mean, I think we all benefit from the brilliant way that they house information in a visual, but really informative style. So I think it's wonderful that you're creating these things for patients. What I'd also ask is, you know, in the 15 years that you've been in this industry and you've been working here, what changes have happened in the way that we communicate, HCPs communicate with patients and the different ways? Because I guess before it was probably just a letter, maybe an email or telephone call, but what other ways have evolved since then?
2: I think especially digital platforms has brought many improvements in the HCP patient communication, right? Instead of sending a letter, an email, or discussing over the phone, HCPs can make health information available through online portals that patients can easily find and read and maybe also share in discussions or bring to the appointment, which kind of also can then enhance the quality of discussions. We have many portals available that patients can use to find a relevant HCP for their particular disease or medical issue they're suffering from. So that has mainly changed the accessibility of information and the way how patients look for that information. Social media also plays, of course, a crucial role. People exchange more with each other than it used to be 15 years ago, right? Share experiences, seek information, usually prior to appointments with doctors, right? So as I said, the information gathering is much more advanced than it has been 15 years ago.
1: And from a rare disease point of view, which is what our main focus is at Partners for Access, you know, that was something that before, there was a tiny repository of information that people could have if they had a rare disease, and they didn't know where to go, who to talk to. But now with this digitization of information, the access and the opportunity that they can find out a bit more about the disease and themselves, is available, which is hugely positive.
2: Absolutely. I think people have realised that, especially in the rare diseases, it's even more crucial to put that information out there, make that accessible, make people understand what they're suffering from, what their disease is about. And let them feel heard and valued because with a rare disease, of course, you didn't used to know how many are suffering from that, right? Even your doctor didn't know how to treat your disease, right? And I think with the digitization and people realizing that it is important to close those knowledge gaps or to identify those gaps in the first instance and then try to close them, make that information available
1: is very important. One of the most important things to feel that you're not alone, yeah. that there are other people out there. You've got a network of support yep. that, you know, before, I can't imagine what it must have been like to have had a rare disease oh. and just thought you're the only person in the world. Your doctors don't know what's going on and they don't know anybody else in the world with it. It must have been a really challenging situation. So I think these things are changing for the better and it's, it's a really positive step. So we're really excited to see what the future holds for, yeah. for future HCP patient engagement.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a bright future ahead of us. Oh, I hope so. As I said, there really, um, really is. So
0: we come to our final question, Iona. This is something that we like to ask everyone. And again, it can be very challenging to answer because there's so many, you know, different things probably we would like to change within this industry. But if you had a magic wand, if I said
2: to you, you've got a magic wand, you could change one thing. What would you change? If I would have a magic wand, what I would do is to eliminate disparities in healthcare access and knowledge, because I think it is still a big topic. I would ensure that every individual, regardless of their location or status, has access to that high quality healthcare resources and information that is available. And I think I would also promote a culture of health literacy. Because I think it's important to empower patients in navigating the complexities of healthcare, make them feel kind of confident and understand their disease understand their options yeah. and contribute to their health outcomes in the end. And I think last but not least, fostering greater collaboration and data sharing among healthcare stakeholders, advancing yeah. the medical knowledge and I ultimately think. improving patient outcomes.
1: What we did was ask you for one, but you gave us three. And you should <laughs> have three wishes, shouldn't you? You know. So Absolutely.
0: That's... Rub that <laughs> genie lamb, get three in there. But what I really want to take out of that actually is power is knowledge, isn't it? You're empowering these patients. we you're empowering patients actually with very limited options out there, but you're actually giving them options, you're making them feel like there is hope and they're in charge of their healthcare, And I think especially in rare diseases, you feel so out of control. It's a very, very scary world to go into. Like sometimes, you know, it can take 10 years to even get a diagnosis. Mm. Sometimes they're so rare. They don't even have a name for that disease and they're trying to navigate the best way forward for your healthcare. So I think it really is. It's all about power is knowledge, isn't it? And that's exactly what it's all about. It's communication across all stakeholders, bringing everybody on board to the table and really building a better world for patients. Like you say, access, no matter where you are, where you're from, your financial background, your educational background, that every patient has the opportunity to access healthcare for themselves or their family member so important yeah, absolutely and you guys are doing a great great job at getting that out there so well done hope to see you going another 15 years the owner and i uh, really really look forward to more of the digitalization stuff that will be coming out from cargo healthcare so guys mm. i really highly recommend go check them out look at their website we'll put all of the links in the bio so do check them out they're doing some really really cool stuff for patients but not only that with the HCPs and also with pharma and industry so keep up the good work Thank you, you very thank much. You so much for joining us today on our podcast. My pleasure. E4A Let's Talk Rare is brought to you by Partners for Access. To find out more about Partners for Access and our commitment to sustainable orphan drug and selling gene therapy access, please visit our website, www.partnersforaccess.com. Make sure you search for Let's Talk Rare in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Partners for Access, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month.